Hi, it's Karen here. I'm founder and owner of Bed and Breakfast Academy. I provide training courses to aspiring B&B owners, and I also run a marketing membership for existing B&B owners who want to learn how to market their own B&B without relying on the online travel agencies and want to learn how to attract more guests who book direct. I also manage an amazing community of past course attendees on Facebook. Just before I dive into this week's podcast, I just wanted to tell you about a brand new live workshop that I'm running on the 28th of November and the 1st of December. It's the same workshop on both days, but I'm giving you two opportunities to attend. The workshop is just £30 and it's for anyone who is thinking that they might want to run a B&B, but is not too sure of what's involved, whether it's right for them and what the next steps are. The workshop's going to be recorded, which you'll get access to afterwards. If you're interested, pop along to my website at bnbacademy.co.uk and you'll find it right on the front page of my website. Right, let's go over to this week's podcast, which is about how to reduce food waste at your bed and breakfast. As the spotlight is very much on the environment at the moment with COP26, I thought it might be useful to look at the different ways of reducing food waste at your B&B. I have quite a few ideas of my own from 17 years of running a B&B, but I also went out to that amazing group of past course attendees and ask them for their tips. So for those of you that are listening, thank you to everyone who contributed. Um, if you want to see who contributed, pop over to my blog and you'll find the whole list there. There's some amazing B&Bs there if you're looking for some beautiful B&Bs to stay at. According to the Sustainable Hospitality Alliance, calculations from the UK estimate that about 18% of annual food waste is created by the hospitality and food service industry. Wow. Compared to many hospitality businesses, smaller B&Bs do have the advantage of being able to consume much of your surplus ingredients yourselves. You know, I would often find myself eating breakfast for every meal of the day. In fact, I've just had a bacon sandwich for lunch. And, and luckily, I'm a big fan of sausages. For those of you who aren't watching on the video, I've just put up a picture of um, sausages, peas, a bit of toast and a Prosecco and some ketchup. I am so classy. Now, of course, eating those ingredients that are left over only works if you actually eat the food you're serving. If you're a vegan uh, bed and breakfast owner dishing up a meaty full English, you're going to potentially need to look at different solutions. So how can we all do our bit to reduce the amount of waste and, and reduce that 18% figure? The three principles of waste hierarchy are reduce, reuse, and recycle. So we'll look first at how to reduce uh, food waste. So the very first step is only buying what you need and then using everything you buy. Easier said than done in a and b compared to a family home because you don't always know what guests are going to order. When you've been running your B&B for a while, you get a pretty good feel for how much food you're going to get through at breakfast. But even then, you can't always predict what people are going to order. I might have a week when every breakfast was a meat-laden feast and then followed by a week when everyone ordered the vegetarian options, whether they were vegetarian or not. 
And then I would have one week when I'd have to go out and buy extra mushrooms. And then the next I'd open the fridge door and there would be four boxes of mushrooms staring at me accusingly and me thinking, what on earth am I going to do with them? So one of the first steps in reducing your food waste is to review your breakfast menu. Breakfast was always my thing at my B&B and I liked offering lots of choice. But the issue with this is I invariably got food left over, especially on the buffet table. So as I mentioned, if you're able to eat the food yourself, it's not a problem. But there were some items I offered that we, we didn't eat, such as fruit yogurt. We get through an awful lot of natural Greek yogurt, but, I, but not the added sugar variety. So an awful lot of fruit yogurt was getting thrown out. So at this point, I think if you're throwing a lot of an item away, ask yourself if it's time to stop offering it just in case the occasional guest wants it. As a smaller B&B, it's really not practical to offer the amount of choice that you would in a larger B&B or a hotel, for example. So I decided to stop buying the fruit yogurt and only offered natural yogurt. Never got any complaints about that. And the same thing happened with fruit juices. I used to offer apple, freshly squeezed orange, grapefruit and tomato, but I was pouring away a hell of a lot of leftover juice because again, we weren't drinking it. So I stopped offering grapefruit and tomato. I bought local apple juice in individual glass bottles, which had a really long uh, shelf life. And I would squeeze fresh oranges. Now, fresh oranges um, that haven't been cut last an awful long time in the fridge. So I was able to ask guests what they wanted, squeeze the oranges, and, and that reduced a, a huge amount of waste. The next thing is to consider your portion sizes. It's very difficult to get the size of a cooked breakfast right for everyone. Um, some guests see the cooked breakfast as a challenge and others look absolutely terrified when you put the plate in front of them because there's so much food. If you're getting a lot of food left on the plate because guests couldn't manage to eat it, then it might be time to consider your portion sizes. I used to ask my guests how much of each item they actually wanted. So how many eggs, sausage, bacon, whether they wanted a single or a double portion of eggs, Benedict. It was very rare for me to get any uneaten food being returned to the kitchen, much to the dog's disappointment. And I also have a couple of recipes that I adapted so that I could make just small quantity of baked, uh, baked goods, such as my how to make a small batch of muffins. Uh, if you head over to uh, my blog at bnbacademy.co.uk forward slash blog, you can click on the recipe tag and you'll be able to see all the recipes. Also, my blueberry and lime scones, which were surprisingly popular at breakfast, I would make up the scone mix to the point where you've, you've rubbed the butter in and then I would store that in the freezer. Then I could just scoop out what I needed and add some buttermilk and egg to make up just a couple of scones. Uh, and these scones also used leftover frozen blueberries, another way of using up uh, leftover food. And scones can also be frozen uncooked. I used to defrost mine at room temperature and bake just before the guests were due to arrive for breakfast. So you get the, the double whammy of only having to bake the number of scones you need and also having a lovely smell of baking wafting through the dining room. I also have a ginger scone recipe which freezes beautifully uncooked. 
You should always be asking guests if they have any special dietary requirements, food intolerances or allergies in advance of their stay. But if they do tell you that they're on a specific diet, it's a good idea to ask what they like to eat rather than guessing or buying in lots of options. For example, there are so many non-dairy examples these days, such as soy, rice, pea, hazelnut, coconut, cashew nut, almond milk. Um, it would be impossible for a small B&B to have all of these in stock. And even if you decide to go for the, you know, the very long lasting UHT versions, I, I always find they would go out of date. Therefore, it's a good idea to ask guests what non-dairy substitute they prefer. Again, a large hotel is likely to get through far more of these ingredients than a small B&B. So it's not reasonable to expect a small B&B to have absolutely every single type of non-dairy milk in. When my first vegan guest booked in, um, I found myself disappearing down a Pinterest rabbit hole, devising an elaborate menu for him. And luckily, I came to my senses and emailed him asking if there was anything he particularly liked for breakfast and what did he want me to replace milk with. And he just replied saying, all I have for breakfast is beans on toast. I'll have oat milk and uh, peanut butter to spread on the toast, please. I've also had similar problems catering to uh, gluten-free guests. So I'd buy in both brown and white gluten-free bread and it wouldn't get eaten. So instead, if a guest told me they were gluten-free, I'd, I'd ask them if they wanted me to get gluten-free bread in in the first place and what sort they wanted, white, brown, granary. Uh, of course, with gluten-free bread, providing you can store it properly without risk of contamination, you can always freeze it. You can find out more about catering for guests with special dietary requirements in this blog post here, which is forward slash blog special diets. When I went out to the Facebook group, quite a few B&B owners came back and said they started doing a pre-order breakfast form during COVID and had seen a big de uh, decrease in the amount of food waste. Now, I've always asked my guests to order the night before as I was on my own in the kitchen cooking and serving and having to chat with guests. And I really couldn't have offered the wide breakfast choice I did without the breakfast menu. I always made it clear that it wasn't compulsory for guests to pre-order, but I also explained why it was helpful to me and how it would speed up their breakfast. And really most guests had no issue with them, with the exception of one guest, which is a whole other story. Even though I had the pre-order menu, I would still put items out on the buffet, such as juice and white and granary bread, fruit, etc. And this is where I saw most of my food waste. During COVID times, I put juice, bread choice, etc. back on the menu, and I really did see a reduction in waste from the buffet. Now, if you sign up for the bed and breakfast online course, you'll get access to my standard vegetarian and vegan breakfast menus to copy. You'll find a link to the sign up in the show notes for this podcast or in the blog post. You could um, consider offering a doggy bag. Uh, Rob and I were once in a Chinese restaurant in New England. We were really very tired. It was the day we'd arrived and we were very jet lagged and we didn't manage to eat much of the very lovely food, sadly. They offered us a doggy bag to take away and we sort of mumbled yes, not really wanting it. Uh, but we left it on the table. Uh, as there was no way we'd be eating anything else that night. And then just after leaving the restaurant, 
we heard shouting behind us. So we, we started speeding up. We were a bit worried about this shouting and someone chasing us. Uh, and hot on our heels was the waiter with our doggy bag. I think we did contemplate running from him, but he, he caught us up and handed the doggy bag over. I'm not suggesting you offer guests bags of cooked breakfast to take away with them, but, you know, I've heard of B&Bs offering bacon butties, etc., for guests to take away. But one thing I always did was offer guests uh, bags so that they could take away leftover food on the buffet, such as uh, muffins or croissant. Um, if you're looking for nice, sustainable paper bags, Nisbet's actually has paper bags that you could offer. Just go across to the website and search for compostable sandwich bags. If you leave a cake in the B&B room, you could do similar, leave a little note in a bag so guests know they can take it away with them. One of the first things you can do to reduce food waste is ensure it's stored properly. So here are a few suggestions. You can freeze sausage, smoked salmon, bacon, uh, black pudding individually in the freezer on a tray, then pop them into a sealed container or bag in the freezer. And then you can just take out exactly what you need for breakfast and defrost them. It's also a good idea to rotate food in the fridge. So the newest items are always at the back and the oldest ones get used first. If you make toast for guests, as opposed to providing them with bread and a toaster, you can uh, slice bread and store it in the freezer and toast from frozen. Very good idea is to label all jars, etc., with the date they're opened and the date they're used by. And once packets of dry ingredients such as flour are open, decant them into an airtight container and label them with the use-by date. Uh, I use kilner jars as I'm a bit of a kilner jar addict, as you'll know if you've been following me for a while. If you do have leftover food, it's worthwhile having some inventive ways to reuse it. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about getting the plate back from the breakfast and scraping the leftovers uh, into the fridge and reusing that. Uh, there may be, if you have a pet dog, they may appreciate the odd sausage. Uh, if you're a dog owner, you'll know this, but note that some food is dangerous for dogs. And um, you can find out more, more by looking on the, the Battersea Dogs website to see what food is poisonous for dogs. Also, if you keep chickens or other farmed animals, it's worth noting that it's actually illegal to give them any scraps uh, from the kitchen. If you do a Google search about that, you'll find the information you need. The sort of thing I'm talking about with uh, unused food is, is food like leftover bread, unused milk, yogurt, butter. My biggest food waste was always bread, I'm afraid. I, I make my own bread and it's rather good, even if I do say so myself, but I just couldn't eat all that was left over. I did reduce the amount of leftover bread maker bread by just using the dough setting and making three individual loaves, which I left in the fridge to prove and baked over three days. Um, again, that method is on my website and I'll link to it in the show notes below. Here are some quick ideas for using leftover ingredients. The internet is full of ideas for using leftover bread, but these are a few of my favorites. Uh, I've not included bread and butter pudding, I'm afraid. Sorry, it reminds me too much of being, out, being made to sit there and forced to eat school dinners and those currants. <laughs> anyway, you can make fresh breadcrumbs by whizzing them in the food processor and then store in a sealed container or bag in the freezer. 
the uh, mini processor that I use, which I've mentioned uh, in the blog posts, my top 11 B&B kitchen essentials, is perfect for processing small quantities of bread. You can make your own panko-style breadcrumbs by putting fresh breadcrumbs onto a baking sheet in a low oven and baking for about 10 minutes until they're completely dry. Um, you then decant them into one of your kilner jars where they live for several months. And that's great for uh, your own evening meals, chicken or scallops, that sort of thing. Stale, stale bread also makes amazing French toast. And I've just realized I do not have a French toast recipe on my blog, so I'm going to have to um, put that right. And I also use breadcrumbs from the freezer in my savory cheese pudding recipe. It's a great economical dish from my childhood for using up bits of cheese and breadcrumbs and eggs. With milk and dairy products, I will sometimes use milk uh, that's about to go out of date to make Greek yogurt. Nigel Slater has a, a great recipe if you Google that. Um, he, I make his yogurt and then I strain it through muslin in the fridge to get Greek yogurt and whey. And the whey is perfect. It's really nice in bread making actually, it gives bread a nice taste. And it's also perfect as a buttermilk substitute. Uh, notice that you do decide to invest in a Ninja 9-in-1, which I've mentioned in blog posts before, that has a yogurt making function. So it takes all of the hassle of having to take temperatures away. You can also make your own cultured buttermilk. It's probably only worth doing this if you're using a lot of buttermilk as it needs sort of making weekly. I used to use an awful lot in my lemon drizzle cakes and buttermilk pancakes. Buttermilk really is, is my secret. Well, it's not secret at all, but it is the ingredient uh, that I use a lot in baking and in the kitchen. And you can buy cultured buttermilk starters online. Again, a Google search will find that for you. With leftover fruit on the buffet table, I usually manage to eat a lot of the leftover berries. But when I couldn't manage this, I'd freeze them and use them at smoothies, use them in baking, scones, cakes, muffins, turn into compote, and a lovely blueberry compote, compote, which is delicious with natural Greek yogurt. You could make it into jam, make it into ice cream. I always had bananas in the fruit bowl and any that got too brown to eat were either frozen, or which could then be used in smoothies, or I will put them straight into my banana bread. My cinnamon saw banana bread recipe is uh, on my blog. Uh, garden plums are always frozen individually on a tray, then popped into a sealed container or bag and used straight from the freezer to make roast plums. And apples pass their best work really well turned into a compote for breakfast table. Or I really, one of my favorite muffins is apple muffins with cinnamon. There are of course, thousands of recipes out there on the internet for using up over leftover ingredients but these are the ones um, I've used the most. So you've reduced the amount of food, you've uh, reused what you can and then the final stage is recycling any leftover food. If you're lucky and you have space for a compost heap you can obviously compost a lot of un uncooked food providing it's not meat-based. If you go along to the RHS website it tells you what you can compost there. If you don't have space for a compost heap, you might consider a wormery. If you pop along to the Wiggly Wigglers website, uh, they have worm composters. Uh, and another option is the Bukashi compost waste bin. Thank you to all of uh, my uh, past course attendees who contributed to this blog. I said there's a full list of them over on uh, the blog post. Uh, and if you're looking for some lovely B&Bs to say it, you'll, you'll find them there as well. 
I've tried to include their suggestions throughout this blog post, but uh, here's the complete list. So uh, pre-ordering breakfast has reduced waste hugely. Purchase or make bread and freeze in slices and then ask guests what they want and only defrost what's needed. Buy frozen baked to order pastries from um, the supermarket or bookers or breaks, wherever you buy your B&B food from. You can use leftover fruit in jams or cakes. Um, yogurt pots can be frozen or made into ice cream. Put bacon, sausages and salmon in the freezer. Review your menu and drop things that are not being ordered often or eaten from the buffet. Use marmalade and jams in cake making. Turn fruits into compots. Use leftover butter in cake and bread making. Pot bake scones. Flash freeze blueberries and use in chia pudding. Roast tomatoes, leftover tomatoes and make into soup. Use breadcrumbs to make homemade sausage rolls. Excess eggs in baking cakes, etc and buy fruit, frozen fruit and use in granola pots and fruit compote. That's the end of this week's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions, then let me know at bnbacademy.co.uk. Otherwise, head over to the blog for more information and all the links and stuff I talked about. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking with you next time. Bye.